Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. <laughs> the goodies on how he helped transform the sound of the South. I charged him $25,000. The sound was amazing. And Javon one redefines trap. We can turn up and it sounds like Future and Lil Baby. Town it been bothering no brown purpose. That's the trap. It was some back-breaking work. Ladies, how long can we juggle the struggle? And struggle is how we are identified to ourselves as a culture. People had a lot of things to say about my appearance. I've already completed the impossible mission. Genesis Denise Hale tells us how she's breaking the mold on beauty standards in the industry. I got inspired enough to be like, oh yeah, that's me. You kind of lost it a little bit, but you still have some residual cool factor left. But first, we go into the comments to discuss whether or not the term auntie is disrespectful. Dang, how I go from city girl to auntie Aww. overnight? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Now, there are some different opinions on whether or not auntie is an appropriate term of endearment. After Michael B. Jordan acknowledged Angela Bassett at the Oscars. Let's take a look. Hey, auntie. We love you. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, Michael B. Jordan was quoting his character from Black Panther, where Angela Bassett actually played his auntie. So he really didn't mean no disrespect by it. But in the black community, most people use auntie as a badge of honor. But not everybody feels the same way. Let's take a look at this. Auntie means love, respect, and queen. You know, so that's how my culture took it. So I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. Auntie means... You kind of lost it a little bit, oh, but you oh, still have oh. a smidgen, some residual cool factor left in you. Mm. Not a, a sprinkle of cool. <laughs> <laughs> a sprinkle Just a little bit. Right. Ladies, do y'all feel like auntie is actually a term of endearment or is it disrespectful? No, I think auntie is like, I just know when I was growing up, like being around my mom's homegirls, like they were beautiful women. They had nice blowouts, pretty skin. They were fly. They had the nice red cherry benzes. Like Ooh, these was my auntie. Yeah. Like these are yes. aunties, these are fly women that I look up to that I like adore and I think I would love to be like them when I grow up. So to me, whenever I called like women aunties, and even still, I'm like, that's my auntie. She may not be my auntie for real, yeah. but I'm looking at something I'm admiring in her. So I, I'd love that. Be an auntie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get it though, on, on both ends. Of course, we see the term of endearment for sure. Um, maybe because like I've personally been an auntie since I was <laughs> six years old. <laughs> I, I, literally, um, I automatically feel the sense of responsibility if that was put on me. Mm. Especially if I didn't really ask for it. <laughs> it's yeah. something I didn't ask for and it creates a layer of intimacy that I'm not necessarily wanting to have mm -hmm. for everybody. Mm. So I get it, yeah. but at the same time I'm like, call me miss. Call me, you know, perhaps if there's something that I've worked for, like call me doctor. Call me whatever okay. it is, but I think the auntie 
or the cuz or the mother. Like, you know, it's creating family where it's not necessarily there. And like, just, mm. to, just to give a quick history lesson from what we've, um, what I've read and The Atlantic and different magazines have stated as well, historically, auntie was actually something that was pushed on the black community mm. from, you know, slave owners mm -hmm. and, and, and the such because they didn't want to necessarily give us the, the respect of miss, mm -hmm. the respect mm -hmm. of saying, hey, you are, you know, you are pretty much equal in society. So that's where the Aunt Jemima, the Uncle Ben's, for instance, yeah, let's absolutely. call you aunt because you're not there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think some people don't know it, you know, intrinsically, but others might feel like, wait, no, call me what yeah. I am. Don't mm -hmm. put me at a level that I'm not. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. I get that. But I think also, like, in terms of how, like, stuff is spread across the diaspora, like, mm -hmm. as you know, like, on the continent of Africa, within mm -hmm. many different countries mm -hmm. there, they use sis and auntie as yeah. a term auntie, of, auntie. like, auntie. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. you know, as, <laughs> as a reverence, mm -hmm. as, like, you know, inspiring, as an I'm honoring you. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, how it's, like, dispersed kind of across the world, mm -hmm. we all have different associations and different, like, attachments yes. to that word. But for me, it's totally. something, like, aspirational. Mm -hmm. Like, every time I hear, like, I don't know, I just remember growing up and my mom's friends, I called them all auntie. Like, mm -hmm. even though they weren't mm -hmm. my mom's sisters, they were still women who were close to her that I looked up to, mm -hmm. that I saw qualities in them that I wanted to be when I got to their age or something. Mm -hmm. And even though my friends have low-key been calling me auntie because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> mature, I never got offended because mm -hmm. it always made me feel like, okay, you think I'm responsible. Yeah, right. I'm the one with my shit together. Mm -hmm. I'm the one, like, with mm -hmm. everything figured out. Like, you need to call somebody to handle stuff. You're gonna call me. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Yeah. I don't. I don't either because you know I am an aunt. So you know, come here, give me auntie's baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a mom too, and they remind me every time I post a sexy picture. They're like, you're a mom. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, so I, can't, I don't. I can't get offended by auntie because I'm somebody whole mama. But I do use the word even for my son. The same way I looked up like you, Britt, and all of y'all to my mom's friends, and I'm like, oh my god, she's so cool, she's cool, I wanted to be related in some way, like, oh my mm -hmm. god, I look up to her. Mm -hmm. I kind of do that with my son as well, he's four, and if my best friends come over, I'm like, this your aunt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go to auntie. Yes. And even though there's no family related, it is still like a family, so like, to mm -hmm. me, auntie is just like, we're family, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You don't throw it out to everybody, right. but yeah. people that you really, like, feel like, okay, I'm inspired by you. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, exactly. You don't just call everybody aunt. Mm -hmm. Well, see, mm -hmm. y'all better than me, because... <laughs> You know, in Atlanta, we got water boys, right? So the water boys ran up on my window. They was like, auntie, auntie, I know you not. And I was like, who did you call it auntie? You was not that much younger than me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had to roll my window up on his knees. <laughs> it's like, don't be trying to age me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes yeah. auntie do come across as you trying to make me seem like I'm so <laughs> much older than you, bro. And it's like, you, yeah. no, I'm not. Right. Like, one time, one of my close friends, it's, it, it's her assistant, but she looks at me like, I thought a big Six. Mm. Well, <laughs> she's 20. And she was like, no, Brie, you definitely give cool, rich auntie vibe. Oh. And I'm like, I mean, I'll take the rich. But to your point, though, I, I am a real auntie, but yeah. I think it did it, it made me feel like, dang, how I go from city girl to auntie Aww. overnight? Yeah. You can be both. Yeah. Yeah. You can. <laughs> 
why I think that's why a lot of celebrities yes. have made it clear that they don't want to be associated with because the term the auntie as well. Yeah. So what do y'all think about that? You got we got celebrities that's like, uh-uh, don't call me auntie. You know, Mary J. Blige even said something about it. Let's take a look at what she said. How do you feel about your fans calling you Auntie Mary? How about this? I'm so, it's, it's like you pulled that right out of my head. <laughs> I was really thinking, why can't I just be your sister? Like, and there's women that are like way older than me calling me auntie. I'm like, come on, like, come on. Not way older than me. That's my problem, though. I think I think that's the problem because mm -hmm. she's saying that women older than her are calling yes. her auntie. But mm -hmm. then the aging of it all is why women don't want to be called mm -hmm. auntie. But you auntie. But I have a question though, y'all. So I get it. Women are getting offended by it. I, okay, I would get offended if somebody older than me calling. Like, don't do that. But if is which women are getting um, upset? Is it women that are married that's getting called auntie, is, or is it the single women that still want to be young and they don't want to hear that they're aging? That's I'm not married. I think question. it's definitely women like me who <laughs> don't have kids yet. So it's like, ah, you aging me. It, yeah. it, it can come off, and I understand why celebrities like you know Mary J. Blige could take it as disrespect off the top because it's like I don't know you. You are a complete stranger. Yeah, and like, yeah. Sure. yeah. If you looking like you my age or yeah, older, you shouldn't be calling me no So that's why I think yeah. it comes off, and maybe because Mary J. Blige isn't married. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. I don't have that family orientation. Dynamic, so tied yeah. to it. I, was trying to I don't know it if it's even that. I think it's sometimes, too, just the level of closeness, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're saying your friends, you, your son can call your friends. That Your son knows your friends, right? Mm -hmm. But Mary, she don't know these people at the yeah. time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's a level of familiarity and intimacy that's mm -hmm. created when you call somebody aunt. You call somebody a family member. Yeah. Yeah. And there's certain people like me, I don't call everybody family that's mm -hmm. not family. Yeah. And so it's, it's a different level level of, because there's a different level of loyalty that's, right. that's taken and there that's when you do that. Yeah. You can't give that away to everybody. And mm -hmm. expectations with that word, right. too. Yep. When yeah. you say auntie, you know, there's an expectation to how you show up, yeah. how mm -hmm. you're around, how you contribute mm -hmm. to whatever this family unit is. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. that, too. I think, you know, Ava DuVernay also said she doesn't want to be called auntie. Mm -hmm. Oprah said that also. She was like, only my real nieces and nephews uh, can yeah, call me auntie, call which me auntie. I completely understand, yeah. given that. And I definitely be having expectations for my girls, like Tori said, my best friends. Auntie, come pick them up. Exactly. You know? So exactly. I get it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we get you, Mary. We get all of y'all. <laughs> so we call her Mary Auntie. Okay. <laughs> but I want y'all to know y'all still are aunties and I hate it. Okay? Yeah. Don't get it twisted. And we respect y'all. Yeah. All right. So up next, the struggle is real, but as black women, are we addicted to it? Keep it locked. We got more black girl stuff on the way. What an auntie be able to Millie Rock. That's me. But I still look and feel so young. <laughs>
Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. Now, why is it that folks always seem to only give credit to black women when they're working themselves to the bone, child? It's like we got this secret society or something, and the only way for us to join is by hustling till you drop. But is it really worth it? Let's get straight into the discussion, ladies. Now, why do y'all feel like black women's stories are only glorified when it's connected to a struggle? Well, I think that's something that we've, in a sense, always known, right? I think history repeats itself even in the way that we tell history. We are so used to, as black women, descendants of black women, knowing that struggle is also celebrated and struggle is how we are kind of identified to ourselves as a culture. We haven't experienced a, enough of a length of time of black people, let alone black women, just being. You know, we it's slavery, and then it's segregation, and then it's the, you know, suffrage movements, and now it's even, you know, rights when it comes to our sexuality or just, you know, equal pay. It's always something, and that mm -hmm. something, in a sense, always isolates black women. And so it's the something, and then it's the something we've got to fight for to be a part of the something. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know? so it's yeah. almost like we're not used to yet just being. And because we're not used to being, that's not what we see, and then that's not how we identify ourselves as a community. Yeah, speaking especially to those movements, I feel like black women, it's not that we necessarily are glorifying the struggle ourselves, but we want to be acknowledged for the work and the struggle that we've, you know, had to endure, especially when it comes to, like, the women's right, rights movement. Even though black women were completely a part of this movement, we did not get the honor, the respect, mm -hmm. or any, even recognition during, or the rights during that mm -hmm. movement. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we are often saying, hey, I'm I struggle, I fought for this, so mm -hmm. I deserve it. I don't think that we are necessarily consciously glorifying the struggle. We just are asking for you to give us the same respect that, that you got for working for the same thing, because I had to work a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Have you watched in your own lives black women you love or admire work themselves tirelessly? And what do you think it did to their self-worth? I gotta speak on that, because I know you guys have heard about me talking about losing my mom. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I know is that she worked so hard for everything. And she may not have had, like, the best jobs or the best things that she may have wanted in life, but she always, always put her best foot forward. And I've seen her, like, go out her way for people, struggle for me, like, down to the bone. Even when she was dying, she was still struggling. So it was just, like, she did all these things and worked so hard, but I don't even think she had the life that she wanted to have at the end of her life. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like... <sighs> Every day, I'm trying to, like... Aww. I'm sorry, y'all. Just make sure that even though I struggle with things, I am still, like, in a place, putting myself forward in a place that I'm living my life where I don't have to be attached to my struggle mm -hmm. because I saw her work so hard, and at the end of her life, she had nothing to show for all that work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what ends up happening to so many black women. We work, we work, we work, but... At what point do we get to be soft? At what point do we get to say, like, I'm going on this trip or I'm going to live my life this way that's not attached to a struggle? And I don't want that for myself and I don't want that for us. So I think it's important for black women, even though we do struggle, I think it's important for us to just always, like, put ourselves first. Like, if you can put yourself first, I feel like that's the best thing you can do, like, as far as accomplishments go. So What did that do to you, though? It made me want to... Originally, like, seeing my mom struggle when I was younger, it made me want to work harder. Mm -hmm. But then I think when she passed, that shifted. It was like, 
not that I need to work harder, I need to really work smarter with everything mm. that I do. And maybe it's not me working a job or, you know, going to an institution and putting my time in and just dedicating to something that's not for me, because that's what I watched her do. She was doing everything for everybody else, and at the end of her life, nobody did anything for her. Mm. So I think what it did for me after her passing was, like, just, like, dedicate to the things that fill you up and make you feel good. Because if you don't, at the end of your life, what are you going to really have to show for it? Well, you know? Britt, I want you to know that I think you are definitely a manifestation of your mother's prayers mm -hmm. and her hard work. Because I don't think that our the previous generations had the liberty or freedom to even choose themselves. Like you were saying mm -hmm. now, like, hey, even though I am a mom, yep. even though I'm working and I'm going to do... But I'm going to work smart. I don't think they had that same freedom. No, that they didn't. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that they made certain sacrifices like that for us to be able Definitely. to frolic, yes. you yeah. know? Yes. <laughs> to live a little bit. I completely relate to everything mm -hmm. you guys are talking about. I saw my mom, my grandma, my aunts, my uncles, my mom's friends, but majority the women in my life, like, really be workhorses. Mm -hmm. And from such a young age, you know, because I've had to work since I was a kid, it was drilled into me, like, no one's going to take care of you. Facts. You have to take care yep. of yourself. Same. Not even your parents. Mm -hmm. My mom, my dad, we're, we're going to put a roof over your head and yeah. make sure that you're the raised foundation. correctly. But mm -hmm. anything you want that's extracurricular, that's on you to go get. Every, mm -hmm. So they drilled in this work ethic that it's funny because now I'm seeing, I was talking to you guys backstage and I was like, I haven't taken a vacation mm -hmm. all year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I have so much to show for it because I've been working so hard mm -hmm. and I've gotten all these mm -hmm. opportunities and I'm so grateful that my career is thriving and that I can invest in that. But at the same time, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, where's that time for me to invest in myself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of black women can relate to that. I was talking to someone else and I said, I was really going through it. I was like, I feel like I'm in the middle of a lake, like mm -hmm. drowning, mm -hmm. screaming. Mm -hmm. And, and no, no, no one's one hearing you. Ooh. No one's even paying Ooh. attention. The fact that I've said that exact sentence, Kennedy, this year, right. I definitely can relate to that. And like you said, I was taught the same rhetoric. Mm -hmm. No one's coming to save you. Not a man, mm -hmm. not nobody. So you got to work, get your education, work hard, work mm -hmm. forever. And like you said, I witnessed, like all of us, mm -hmm. I witnessed my grandmother clean. Um, houses yep. for wealthy white people, mm -hmm. even in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And also my mom, like, she worked an entire her entire life till I graduated high school, a nine to five. She retired from the city of Atlanta. But while she was working a full-time job, she had side hustles. Continuous. Trying to build a better yeah. life. So for me, seeing her do that and work that hard, it showed me I have to work this hard if I want anything in life. Mm -hmm. right. So it made me feel like it's, it's hard for me to give myself permission now to relax. Me too. Or permission to feel, to just feel. Yeah. To just mm -hmm. take anything. a break. Just anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To just feel anything. Yeah. yeah. It's like giving yourself grace. I really have to give my, myself permission right. for mm -hmm. that. And I think mm -hmm. that it's such a, like, a, a, a mind, like, Ooh, like we have to recondition ourselves yeah. to know that we Absolutely. deserve a break yes. yeah. just like everybody else. And it, it hurts me to see my mother be so successful, mm -hmm. but just now, I'm talking about just now in her 60s, yeah. learning to take a break, yeah. to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It brought me joy to see that she was traveling, she got to go to Paris mm -hmm. in honor of my uncle and just really enjoy the fruits of her labor. Because yeah. what do we work hard for What's if we're not purpose? gonna get to enjoy some of this? Right, right. right. And that's yeah. kind of what I'm afraid of because I watched my grandmother, my mom, my auntie, especially my mother, because when, when you're young and I have six siblings, mm. when my mom is working like that, now I gotta take up 
I'm at the house doing responsibilities. Mm -hmm. You kind of don't get to be a kid. You start working at a young age. You get what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like what I'm afraid of now is we're in this whole, like, microwavable era where we're just kind of YouTubing it and doing it. But like you said, who's going to take care of us? How are we working now to make sure (laughs) our older self is taken care of? I don't think nobody is thinking about that. They just think about a little quick trip, a break, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But how hard are we going to be working when we older? Or are we really setting ourselves up to kind of sit back and just be like, okay, I worked for this, and now I get to sit up? And yeah. after, like, to that point, no one really taught me anything about my worth outside of work. Mm-hmm. I remember the opposite. When my grandmother did live with us, she would be like, I would be like, Granny, I'm bored. She'd be like, you ain't got no room to be bored because you're real dirty. something to do. Exactly. Yeah, That's right. literally... And the fact that we all know right. these sentences mm-hmm. are black colloquialisms that we've all heard at some point in our life. She literally has said to me, there's always something, something you do. do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you have no room to be a kid, to be bored, to Mm -hmm. relax, to just be lazy. I think it's so important that we take the time that we do have, Mm -hmm. even if it's few and far between, and use it to pour into into us. You're absolutely right. I hope that we all take something from this conversation. Mm -hmm. We take our breaks. We pour into ourselves. And you out there as well, you deserve a break. You are not attached to the struggle. And your worth is not tied to your work. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we'll be right back with more Black Girl Stuff. Keep it locked. There is nothing you have to do for worth. You don't have to hustle for it. You don't have to Mm -hmm. barter for it. You have to do nothing Mm -hmm. but be born. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah. Oh, that's my song. Yeah. I'll take your die from you. Okay, you damn it. All night with me. We are <laughs> out in jamming in the BTS house, but welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. This is a Jazzy Fizzle production. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. It's Jazzy Fizzle, Burgundy, Obama, Luther King, Joey Jackson, the first. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got to give it up for the legendary mega producer himself, Jazzy Faye, in the house. And joining Ooh. us is the executive producer of Dating in Atlanta and one of the stars from Saints and Sinners, hey, the one and only Javon DeWan. Teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. Yes, sir. Okay, now, Jazzy, let's get straight into it. You want an Atlanta hip-hop legend loyalty. Mm, How does it feel to get the city to honor you for all of your contributions? Man, listen, I mean, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I I, I told uh, some people earlier, I was like, man, you know, I just, all I wanted to do, I just wanted to meet Rico Wade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I just want to. I'm moving to Atlanta. I want to meet Rico Wade. I felt like when I heard Outcast yeah. and, and Organized Noise, that, that that's where I fit, like musically. Like that was my, you know, my my brotherhood right there. Damn. That's super dope. The sound was amazing. And since 
1995, Andre 3000's infamous, the South got something to say manifesto mm. went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And since then, we've been leading the culture when it comes to music, hip hop, and everything. But speaking of the trends that we lead, how do you feel about the hip hop trends like, you know, the water boys on the corner mm. and even the hookahs in the, in the restaurants and the nightlife? The water boys, they, they, you know, they're doing a good job of just turning up. They just turn. Mm -hmm. They, I, I don't even know what what they doing for real. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what they selling. I, I mean, because half of them ain't got no water. Right. Or but, water but, but you know what? They, some of them got merch now. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And one of the guys, I promised him something, and and I said, man, I'm gonna make the block, and. I thought I wasn't gonna be able to find him, but I felt so bad because he was hustling so hard. <laughs> I went upstairs, came back with a stack of ones, right? Because you know, some of them act <laughs> ungrateful now. They mm -hmm. do. They act ungrateful, but he was so excited when I gave him them ones. I mean, but sometimes I'm moving too much and I can't stop, so y'all don't charge it to my heart. Hold on, Jazzy, where you get these stack of ones from? You was at the strip club. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey. Was, listen, at? listen, listen, listen. <laughs> we were about talking about strip clubs. Hey, boy. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 quite hey, right. Even though strip club uh -huh. is a part of Atlanta culture now. Hey, well, man, exactly. listen. But I'm gonna tell you something about them water boys I love. What? The hustle. A lot of times in Atlanta, a lot of people don't have a hustle. Yeah. They don't take no for an answer. And if it's something that you desire, your dreams or whatever, mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you don't take no for an answer. But that's a good observation. <laughs> Speaking of the hustle, Javon, tell us how this collaboration with you and Jazzy came about for Trap Stars. Yeah. I started off as a artist on Def Jam. Mm -hmm. And it, I had a record that I was doing and I went in the club, he'd tell the story even better. And I just used to clam on everything, being loud. I was kind of like a water boy. You know what I mean? Being honest, I was like, man, I, I'm broke, and ain't nobody know that I'm broke. I'm gonna go fake it till I make it. I'm going in here, and I'm just gonna unwrap my talent until somebody see me. Yeah. And my brother, Cheap Dog, rest in peace, took me to Jazzy and was like, bro, I'm telling you, he's the next. And I was just clamming on stuff. And then I went to Jazzy, and Jazzy was like, let's make a record. And we made a record called Hollywood. I got a j deal with Def Jam with L.A. Reid. Thank you so much. I charged much. him $25,000. Yeah, you did charge me $25,000. Okay, but yeah. the hustle, you the know. The hustle did it. The hustle did it. Because I didn't know him like that. Yeah, the hustle did it, and luckily we had the money to pay for it. What's the one of the craziest in-studio experiences you've ever had with artists, whether it's something strange or just wild and crazy? Probably um, being in the studio with Aaliyah. Oh. I mean, because when, when we worked with Aaliyah, uh, I think we were doing, well, we were doing two songs. We were doing Come Over and also I Don't Want to. Uh, we were up in New York, and for her to just walk, she was doing TRL. Mm -hmm. She was doing TRL at the time. So for her to walk, literally, because you know TRL is really live. So for her to walk off, we were watching her on TV. We watched her walk off TV, almost literally, it was two blocks down, into the studio. <laughs> for the first time you meet her, it's like, hey guys, so what are we doing? Like, mm. wait a minute. Because, you, you know, TRL is kind of behind. Mm. They, they edit everything, and it's just like, Ten minutes later, she's walking in. You know what I mean? So that was crazy, and and just the the vibe. It wasn't like a a work kind of vibe. It was like old friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another, and we we just wrote smashes with her. Okay, so this is a question for both of y'all. Who mm -hmm. puts who on? Does the artist put you on, or does the producer put you on? It, it depends on, on on the space. It depends on where you are. In, in my case, um, MC Breed put me on. Okay. MC Bree put me on. I, when, I, when I came here, I was, of course, trying to find uh, organized noise. But in the, in the meantime, my manager, her name was Carolyn Miller, she was like, I know MC Bree. And now, mind you, we was down to our, our last dollar. So, so we like, 
man, take me to Breed right now. I know Breed will love me. Took, went, went to Breed and Breed heard my music and boom, that same night, I'm down to like almost nothing. He moved me into his house. There's a lot of times that I got three Ps. You pay me, position me, or purpose me, or politely the answer is no. So a lot of times. Okay, that was four Ps. You know, but I like yeah, but the three, <laughs> the three is the main ones, and and you only give favor to your favorites, right? So a lot of times when you find an artist, they have the power to put you on, and vice versa. So I use somebody that I, that I found the dream. You know what I mean? I found the dream. I took dream to trick to it, so forth and so on. And at that time, I wasn't, you know, on yet. He wasn't on yet. But I always say. I used to go in there and be like, he's a star. He'll tell you, I'd be like, man, he's a killer writer. He can do this. People like, well, he bringing, you know, trash from the garbage can lid. The presentation ain't right. And I said, yeah. I said, that's because sight is a blessing, but vision is a gift, and I got it. Yeah. And I'm telling you what dream is. And now we're here, I don't know how many grand Grammys later. So sometimes the position of your serving and your purpose puts you on. Not the person. Well, speaking of his, let's go back in the day to Sierra's goodies. My goodies. You remember that? Why you gotta do that? Why we going real bad? Uh, we going uh, real. But that song went so crazy. And one thing that I love about it, like the magic of it, was how subtle it was with her talking about her goodies. Uh -huh. Do you feel like the music today um, still has that subtleness, or do we not leave anything to the imagination anymore? Absolutely not. not. <laughs> what? Come on, man. Man, no. Yo, your wood is pink, yo. Well, your wood is brown. Yeah. Come on now. No. About that as producers, though. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I I don't like it for my 16 year old. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want her listening to it. But now it's we at a point to where it's okay. It, you, you can stop them from listening to it on their phone, but you can't stop them when they go to school uh -huh. or the radio. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? And and it, it, just like when we were kids, everything that Mama and them said don't do, we couldn't wait to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't touch that. It's hot. As <laughs> soon as they look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't touch that. We want to touch it. We want to see. You know what I mean? So I think the best thing is to just guide them in the way that they should come up and then let them know, even when you're not around, they'll be like, nah, I shouldn't be doing that. That ain't mm -hmm. cool. I want them to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So And, and you got to instill it in them. Somebody's got to be there for it. And on top of that, we got to remember that we are laptops. So the more we download, we got to download more software than downloading viruses. So my son is young, so I know what he likes. But I say, hey, that's why me, um, Gaston, the artists, and Jazzy started the Trap Stars, because we meet them with the same energy. We can turn up, and it sounds like Future and Lil Baby, mm -hmm. but we can also give you a message. That's why it's called Trap Stars. Mm -hmm. So you can go, talent revolving around purpose. That's the trap. It looks the same. Yeah. And the environment, you got to meet people where they are. Like so that. what you want to do is make sure that your kids and the culture has an option. We're on this show giving them an option. That's right. Now, Jazzy, I do want to talk to you about what's the backstory behind the change album. But basically, it's just, I mean, the talent revolving around purpose, right? That's just something that, that we came up with as the Trap Stars. It's like almost theatrical, the way we put the music together. Mm -hmm. It's like a gumbo. It's like you, you got hip hop. You got almost like an opera kind of vibe. You got, and, and then you got a little bit of traditional gospel, and then you just got straight up, trapped up, 808s just dropping. 
Well, I can't wait to vibe out to it. And it's all action. Oh. It's all action packed. Thank you so much, Jazzy and Javon. Thank you for having with us, us man. Today. Make sure y'all stream The Change. It's available right now on all streaming platforms. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm not about to give up on my dream just so that I can be close to them. You only get one life, Kev, and you gotta live it to the fullest. Even if that means leaving some people behind. I know that's right. <laughs> Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. You've seen her doing her thing since the age of 12 on hit shows like The Shy and like the 2021 release of Candyman. Genesis Denise Hale, welcome to the BGS house. Thank you for having me. I'm yes. so excited. Thank yes. you for being here. You've been acting since the age of 10, landed your first recurring role with The Shy at age 12. Yes. I <laughs> know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to process. It's a lot to process. But I want to know, were there any firsts that you experienced on screen, such as, let's say, your first kiss or relationship that you hadn't had off screen? Yeah, I mean, for the first time, I was, like, surrounded by people whose job it was to, like, really rock with me. Um, mm. That's new, because usually, you know, grow like, growing up in school, you got to make friends like you had they have to come to you or they have to like be in divine intervention or whatever so meeting these people like my my cast members these are like my siblings like my family and we come together like we have to be in this space we get up early at like 5 a.m 4 a.m 2 a.m to work and we just get to build that relationship there so that was a first um being loved on as a bigger girl, you don't see that a lot on TV um, without being the comedic relief all the time. So you don't see a lot of that. That's a little bit of, you know, a stretch. Um, I don't know about First Kiss. I think <laughs> y'all caught me, like, right after. Yes. You know? Was, uh, you caught me right after that one. But, yeah, those were my first. Got a little practice in before. <laughs> At least you had that experience yes. for yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just real quick on the idea that you said earlier, being loved on as a bigger girl on screen because I think that's that's very important to showcase and it's just it should be more common than it is right so yeah. what was your experience doing that and did you feel the weight of having that role at such a young age uh I didn't really understand it until like 16 17 mm. because that's when like the movement started happening mm. I think when did Lizzo come out like right well, she been out, but I think mm -hmm. it was like, like when I experienced they, her, yeah. it was probably like 2018, 2019, 2019, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was like right in the middle of that that Lizzo mm -hmm. movement. I was like, oh, there's space for me, you know. And this was also around the time where we were growing up, and so we were able to like explore that. It took me a while to grasp it because mm -hmm. people had a lot of things to say about my appearance, and because you know sometimes chunkier women or they have issues in society mm -hmm. like being accepted and so people have mm -hmm. thousands of things to say right. especially when it comes to you dating a smaller man right so yeah that was an experience mm -hmm. that was a time yeah mm -hmm. but uh through counseling with other women who have gone through it before mm -hmm. like in real life yeah. and people who have 
just learning to have some confidence. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten inspired enough to be like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's it. This, yeah. You know, I do this sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you, Genesis, about growing up in the spotlight, being mm -hmm. a childhood star. Raven Simone went on record saying recently she didn't think childhood acting should be a thing just because of the traumas and the situations that a lot of these kids are placed in so young. Was there anything that you experienced like growing up in the industry that led you to maybe think that maybe most children shouldn't do this or if children should do this, it should look this certain way? Or what are your thoughts on childhood acting in general? Number one, I think there's a difference between being a childhood star mm -hmm. and a child who acts. Mm. Um, or like, you know, an actor as a kid, you have the opportunity to, to grow when you don't have like a household name at the beginning. Mm. But on the other hand, it helps a lot more when you have a supportive team behind you. Like for the longest, my mother was that for me. Right. And it was like, girl, I don't care what you do, you still gotta go home and wash these dishes. <laughs> so it was like having somebody at home to ground you mm -hmm. or to make sure that you're still human at the end of the day will make that, um, what is that called? Like disassociation softer yeah. because, or derealization when, you know, you kind of forget who you are between the mm -hmm. TV and off of screen. In real life, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, right. so having a solid foundation is important. Mm -hmm. um, counseling, every child actor or every person who acts needs therapy. That's what Ooh, she I was saying, that. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what Raven was saying yeah. as well. That helps a lot. Why I started that, that yeah. Well, cause I, from personal experience, I started mm -hmm. it in my, what? This year, like mm. season six, I started going to therapy after like filming. Mm -hmm. I had space to vent about certain things mm. that I, I felt and I got to go through like the process of going to set. Why am I up so early? I don't like this, yeah. you know, or certain <laughs> things like that. I got to work through and have the capacity to understand better as opposed to just assume and hold it in and be like, yeah, I'm supposed to do this because right. this is TV and mm -hmm. show business. Mm -hmm. So that therapy a solid foundation and knowing that you are a child who acts as opposed to a child yeah. actor i like that differentiation right Absolutely. That, that makes yeah and having a mm -hmm. life outside of work mm -hmm. i think is so important too because mm -hmm. i think a lot of childhood stars get so just caught up in the hustle and bustle well they don't have that, a choice right like, and yeah. I, girl i get it <laughs> forget that they're real people yeah. so i think that it's mm -hmm. important to have that in your life. Yeah. I want to talk to you about, you know, life outside of work. You're in college now at Clark Atlantis. Yeah, yeah you. I went to Spelman, so Ooh. we in the fam, we in the fam. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> so talk to me about this experience for you. So I'm able to really just enjoy what college is as a student, which I think is cool. Um, on the flip side, though, people do know who I am, so you have to be mindful of the things that you say or do. Um, watch the people who you hang around because you have no idea what their intentions are. And that's in life, period, but it's heightened because of the magnitude, you know? Um, what else? It's fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad. The level of independence <laughs> yes. is different. So I'm trying to learn how to maneuver. It's like getting into a car. Yeah, you never really like driven a car before, but you kind of know the rules of the road. So trying to figure that out, that's an experience. But it's it's good. We know acting is just one of the many gifts that you possess. You're also a poet, and now we hear you're focusing more on your music career as a rapper. How are you separating yourself as an artist from the actor that we know and love? It's kind of like starting from the absolute bottom which is different for me. 
For starters, though, like for disclaimers, I've been rapping before I started acting. Like, mm -hmm. my father uh, is an MC, my mother is an actress, so I kind of got both of those attributes yeah. from them. Mm -hmm. And I've been rapping since I was like five. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. If you look on my page, the facts is there. I mean, it's giving, where's the bar? Where's the cypher? <laughs> I did, I did the hip hop BET cypher. So it was always, I'm always, I have them. Yes. They're in my back pocket like that. So this one, I think, I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna do it yet. I know that it might be a little bit more careful, okay. might be a little bit more strategic. I want to make sure that this is something that uh, affects the people that I want it to affect in the most positive way possible. Yeah. Who do you wanna be affected by your music the most? Majority of people who feel like me. Because mm. the music that I make is more so like, oh, this is this is a vibe, this is yes. a vibe. Like this is not, uh, I'm not trying to make conscious rap, but mm. the things that I'm saying mm -hmm. are, you know, at least things that you can listen to, right? Um, and understand. Also, the bars are there. So for people like you know the industry uncles that mm. be like, the you're not really saying, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Those people that be like, oh, you're not saying it like this though, but you got it. <laughs> for those people, the bars are there too, so you can sit down and break apart my song if you want to. Yeah. But for the people that just want to listen, it sounds good. Nice. It sounds I nice too. That. I love so, that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Genesis, we could talk to you all night, but we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Be sure to check out her new single, Hello, on all streaming platforms. Up next, Ashley Hayes is gracing the BGS stage. Keep it locked right here for more Black Girl stuff. I've already completed the impossible mission. King Jin, my scars, I've been Mufasa, them bitches. King Pin, my birthday is Granny's lottery ticket. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. All that I have, I owe to black women. And here I say glory to the women who thought I was worth saving. Glory to the women who think I'm enough even when I fall short. I say, I see you. You be visible and you be worthy of all this praise. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. Tonight, it's all about the vibes, where we present artists on the rise. Here to give us words to make us feel super fly is poet Ashley Hayes. It's third grade. I'm in the hallway and I'm sure I shouldn't have been. And Corey White comes up to me and asks, yo, have you heard the new Missy Elliott track? Mm. I reply, who is Missy Elliott? Ooh. At the time, my parents only let me listen to gospel and the smooth jazz station. But that day, I went home, ran upstairs to my room, closed the door, which is a cardinal sin in a black mother's house. Okay. And I waited on TRL to come on. And then it happened. Metallics in a black trash bag filled my TV screen. And I hear the coolest thing I'd ever heard in eight years of living. <laughs> beep, beep. Who got the keys to the Jeep room? <laughs> and at that moment, I have my entire life figured out. Mm. I'm going to grow up to be Missy Elliott. <laughs> I spend the next 10 years of my life recording and rewinding videos to learn dance moves, passing that Dutch, getting my freak on, trying mm. to figure out what the hell she was saying in Work It. <laughs> there were so many artists I could have idolized at the time, but Missy was the only one who looked like me. Yeah. It's because of Melissa Elliott that I believed that a little black girl from Chicago could dance until she felt pretty, could be sexy and cool, mm. 
could be a woman playing a man's game and not be apologetic about it. If you ask me where representation in the media is important, I will show you my velour outfit and the matching Kangol hat I begged my parents for. <laughs> I will show you a woman who learned how to dance until she felt pretty. Feminism wears a throwback jersey, bamboo earrings, and a face beat for the gods. Feminism yes. is the brat Missy Elliott, Lil' Kim, Angie Martinez on the ladies' night track. Feminism says, as a woman in my arena, you are not my competition. Yes. As a woman in my arena, your light doesn't make mine any dimmer. Okay. Dear Missy, I did not grow up to be you, but I did grow up to be me. Mm. And to be in love with who this woman is, to be a woman playing a man's game and to not be apologetic about any of it. If you ask me what representation is important, I will tell you on days I don't feel pretty. I hear the sweet voice of Missy singing to me. Pop that, pop that, jiggle that fat, and don't Damn. stop getting to your clothes hey. get wet. I will yeah. tell you, <laughs> I will tell you that right now, there are a million girls just waiting to see someone who looks like them. Mm -hmm. Thank y'all so much. Yes! That was everything. Thank you, darling. <laughs> That being yes. like 90s babies, it's it like, who didn't want to be Missy? Oh, right. Period. <laughs> and just everything about it. Ashley, thank you for blessing the BGS house. But I want you to let our girls out there yeah. know what do you love about being a black girl? Oh, man. I love, like, our language, spoken and unspoken. Mm. I love how a period, you know, <laughs> makes like a whole, <laughs> and the right. snap that goes with it. I love when we... You know what I'm saying? And you don't have to say nothing. Exactly. I love how we just have that. And you don't have to learn, you know, you pick it up from the women around you. Nobody teaches it in school. It's just, it's us. Yeah. Okay, well, cheers to, you know, the unspoken language. Period. Cheers, Love y'all. What's understood don't have to be explained. That's all the show we have for tonight. Special thanks to all of tonight's guests, Jazzy Faye, Javon, Duan, Genesis, Denise Hale, and Ashley Hayes. Good night. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.